Welcome back to Truth Hurts, where we expose corrupt politicians and lying corporate media. And we're going to do a lot of that today. Joining me live in studio is Dr. Scott Jensen. How are you doing, Dr. Scott Jensen? Very good. Thank you for having me on. Oh, absolutely. I think uh, we have got to talk, talk about this topic. This thing is insane what's going on. Also joining me is, like always, basically is Mega Jesse. Going to tell us how great Donald Trump is. Uh, and young, sharp-looking you know, proper William Beck, Appreciate you know, when I that. told you, you a sweater and a collar, you just leaned into that thing mm-hmm. <laughs> nicely. And look, you look just like too. you guys have like the same. <laughs> you guys are twins. Yeah, Maybe exactly. Quite, but we'll get Run, there. Running the dials is Dawson as usual. Uh, and Bridget will be reading your comments. They're in dark mode, I guess. We can't see you guys back there. So dark mode again. There you go. I just realized the camera is like blocking me and Scott. So I'm going to move over this way a little bit. So let's just get right into it. You know, this is interesting. You put out a video, came across, a lot of people are sending this to me, that you're being investigated for the fifth time by the medical board, but this time's a little different. Tell people what's going on. That's exactly right, Jake. And I think it's, it's important to recognize the history. In April of 2020, I raised my hand and said, what the Department of Health and the CDC was doing by coaching physicians to use COVID-19 as the cause of death, the underlying cause of death diagnosis on a death certificate in a way that I had never done in my previous 30 years of practicing medicine, teaching med students and residents how to complete death certificates. They were basically coaching us and saying, if you believe that COVID might have been a contributing condition, you can go ahead and put it down as a cause of death. But oh, by the way, if asthma or emphysema is a contributing condition, then continue to do what you've always done. Put it in box two, not as the underlying cause mm-hmm. of death. I just raised my hand and said, hey, you're going to corrupt the value of the data that we do this because all of a sudden you're going to have a, a big increase in COVID infections, respiratory infections. You're going to have people die of congestive heart failure, and it's going to identify COVID as the cause of death. I said, you don't want to do this. What did I get for my efforts? I was vice chair of the Health and Human Services Committee in the Senate at the time. I got crickets. Mm -hmm. And then during the next 60 days, there were lies about the modeling and the need for mandates and all that. And then at the end of June, two months later, I was being investigated for the first time in my life by the Minnesota Board of Medical Practice. And we're talking about like a medical career, what, 30-some years, right? 35 years. Not a single... No, I've never been investigated before. In fact, just a couple years earlier, I'd been identified as the family doctor of the year in Minnesota. So this, this was stunning to me. I mean, first we saw flawed policies asking us to change what we'd done, and the next thing we saw was lies, and they were absolutely ramping up the fear level, and then they attacked me. And that attack, I submitted a, probably a 20 pages or 30 pages of attachments, and, and basically within six weeks, the Minnesota Board of Medical Practice came back and said, we're dismissing all the allegations. I appreciated that. In less than a month, investigation number two came my way. At this point in time, it felt very much like a witch hunt. And on that, those set of investigations or allegations, I responded within a couple, three months, they were dismissed. In the meantime, I was getting death threats. I was getting threats on the phone at my office that these people, they hated my politics. They said, we're going to come after you and we're not going to stop until you lose your license. Can, can I mm-hmm. ask you, I mean, I just learned about Jordan Peterson, what he's going through. I don't know if you're familiar with this up in Canada with the psychologist board or whatever it is up there. And 
it turns out none of these are even clients of his. So are these pa- are these even patients? Like, does Jake, it have to be a, that way? That's a great question. And well, the only it's, questions it's, I ask are great questions. Scott. I don't know about that, uh, but nice try. Uh, but no, to your point, the Board of Medical Practice and I have had a couple conversations along the way, to be sure, mm-hmm. and they've indicated that none of these people have ever received any healthcare service from me. These are not clients of mine. They've never met me. Uh, you, you mentioned Jordan Peterson? Yeah. Yeah, the night before last, he started following our Twitter feed. Uh, I was just notified by wow. my team. They said, uh, Jordan, he is now following us. I mean, he's got millions of followers. We just went over 100,000 followers. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. But uh, so getting back to the second investigation, allegations were dismissed. About six months later, I received a letter from the Board of Medical Practice saying allegations have been submitted. And they said, but... Don't worry, we've already investigated and dismissed it. They didn't even give me a chance mm. to respond. I thought that was interesting. So they could have found it a different way and you wouldn't even know. Bingo. Interesting. Fourth investigation comes along. Again, I respond. Within a few weeks or a couple of months, it's, the allegations are dismissed. Then in October of 2021, this was after President Biden had held that infamous press conference mm-hmm. where he was going to mandate yep. private businesses vaccinate yep. or fire. Yep. And that was in September. And that was when I had the audacity to say, do we remember what civil disobedience looks like? Right. Do we remember that peaceful noncompliance has sometimes gotten more done in this country than mm-hmm. anybody could have ever realized? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That was one of the allegations is that I dared to say that. And I wasn't saying it to an official action by a president. I was saying it in response to his press conference. So anyway, that fifth investigation, I responded in November, a month later. A month later, there was a request for more information. Uh, Let me stop you. That's the fifth or is that the fourth one? The fourth one I'd had earlier in that year. Oh, okay. And that was dismissed. Okay, okay. I I see what you're saying. Six total then. Well, this this last one is sort of an extension of the fifth Ah, and a a new one for the sixth. So the fourth one was addressed and dismissed. Then the fifth one came in October. In November, I uh, responded in December. They said they wanted more information. In January, I gave them more information. So this is now January. And at January. this point, you are a candidate for governor. Exactly. I'm yeah. January of 22. Just, sounds familiar to me, Jesse, uh, somebody uh, being investigated by oh, yeah. some authority while being a candidate, right? Absolutely. No. <laughs> now, I like that you said the word witch hunt because that is a perfect way to describe what is happening to you. It's completely unfair and it shows that Walls and Ellison are using the government against their political enemies. Do you have any suggestions? How do we take on a system that is doing uh, this to good people like yourself? I think we've got to do what Americans, patriots have always done. We've got to fight back. Mm-hmm. There is no way that we can step out of the arena and onto the sidelines and say, gee, I'm tired. I've got to sit this one out. We've got to push back, and, and that's what we're doing. For 12 months, the Board of Medical Practice had no communication with me at all. Obviously, the election in November came and went. Do you think no that's what it was, though, Scott, is because you're a candidate right now, it's the wrong time for them to do it, and they just kind of let this thing linger? It's possible. They never told me. So then five days ago on Saturday, my wife and I got back in town. There was a big packet. Envelope was from the attorney general. We opened it. My heart sank. This isn't just now the Minnesota Board of Medical Practice saying, mm-hmm. we have this unfinished business from the fifth investigation. We now have some more allegations. And by the way, now the attorney general is going to be involved because we're not going to dismiss these. 
we are issuing a notice of conference. And that's a formal legal proceeding that says, we want face-to-face -face meeting with you. We want to ask you questions. You need to respond to this letter and February 24th, not even 20 working days allowed. Mm, After 15 months of pending, a year of no communication, they said, oh, by the way, February 24th, we're gonna have the meeting and have your written response to us 10 days or more to that. Yeah. So that means February 14th, I've got to have my response in. I said, this is crazy. I got a 12-page document. They had allegations in there that I'd never seen. I mean, good grief. One of the allegations well, was... Well, let, let, let's pull that up right now, Dawson. Um, Actionforliver.com, we've got the article. We You actually posted this on your website. So we I did. pulled it from your website. So it sounds like nothing's off limits here. Nothing's we off limits. We can show this. So pull this up real quick. And then, Scott, you can see the screen right there. I know it's behind. Can you see it? I know there's a big light in your yes, way. Yes, I can. But, okay, perfect. Scroll all the way down to the bottom uh, so our live viewers can watch this. That's the initial, I guess, cover letter, so to speak, from the Attorney General. But go down to the bottom where this link is. See, see full complaint here? And you'll see the allegations they made towards him. I think you go, yeah, right there, part two. Yep. So part what did you find as the most egregious one? Well, what makes it really feel like a witch hunt were there are a couple of points made. One was there were allegations on there that I thought the way the text of the document read, there was an assumption that I've seen these before, mm -hmm. and I haven't. The idea that someone's upset with me for the way I've listed my faculty position at the University of Minnesota right. tells me that this is a witch hunt. <laughs> mm -hmm. I have I served that. the University of Minnesota Medical School for more than three decades. During that time, I've had different job titles, faculty instructor, preceptor. But when you list something on your resume, you generally list the organization, how long you were with them, and your last job title. Mm -hmm. And my last job title for the last five, 10 years, whatever it was, was clinical associate professor. Someone quibbled about that. There was another area in this document. Yeah, pull that, that said, back up, Dawson, real quick. And it was, was letter I. Yeah, I think, yep. So uh, scroll down a little bit. So you got allegations here, and uh, yeah, uh, go down to I. And so really, it's literally saying, you can see it's the last word there, clinical associate. Like, <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. Jeez. And then later in the document, they make a reference to some of my writing was not legible. I'm sorry. I think it's a standing joke out there. But it's not a joke, Scott. Physicians <laughs> writing sucks. I think we can be honest about that. And I was getting prepared for medical school without my even knowing it when I was in second grade getting a D in handwriting. Yeah. So, I mean, I come by it honestly. But the idea that this is going to be in the Minnesota Board of Medical Practice discussion and the Attorney General, that my handwriting isn't as legible as they would like. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. This feels like a witch hunt. Mm -hmm. Nitpicking and, you know, the tiniest little thing and they have no right to tell you how to how your writing should look like. It's unbelievable what they're talking about here. Yeah. Yeah. My notes are my notes. Mm -hmm. My notes are to help me take care of that patient. Right. When I see you in the office and I want to next time I see you make sure that we talk about how you're doing with your blood pressure control or have you been able to cut down on some of the fatty red meats to lower your cholesterol. Mm -hmm. If I put a note and I say C-H-O-L and you can't read it but I can, that tells me I'm going to talk to you about your cholesterol. Mm -hmm. And uh, this, William, he's against fatty red meats uh oh, oh that's a whole <laughs> oh, gloves are off now moderation. moderation moderation i don't know not even in moderation that's I not think. how you build, cultivate <laughs> masters scott
You got to eat those fatty red meats. Pull up, pull up the allegations again, because I feel like you're not even getting to the, 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 the best part of this. First of all, they start. Can you zoom in a little bit, Dawson, and go right to the top where it says allegations? It's, uh, it says number two on the document. Between April 2020, so basically COVID, right, the start of COVID, and June 2022, the board received 18 complaints re- related to respondents' public statements on COVID-19 and patient care, specifically the complaints alleged, and then this is a list. First of all, 18 complaints, not one of your patients. These are all people external to your practice. That's my understanding. It's unbelievable. Do you not know? Do you not able to face your accusers in these things? Is that is it all secrets? That's a great question. They will not tell me anything. Hmm. I think when I responded the fourth time, I said, this is getting ridiculous. Yeah. I said, I am asking, let me know who these people are. And crickets, I got nothing. Hmm. My understanding is according to statute, all you have to do is go on the Minnesota Board of Medical Practice. Oh, don't tell them. Click. Don't, don't tell them. Geez, Scott, you're going to all the trolls. You're just making their job easier here. What are you doing? <laughs> Fair point. I know exactly that. There's no barrier to entry. And that's what brings us on. And of course, the COVID cultists. I don't know if you use that term. We certainly do. You know who a COVID cultist is. They drive around in a car with a mask on with nobody else in the vehicle. They're the ones with the Pfizer booster shot uh, and the, the tattoo to go with it. That's who the COVID cultists are. And there's more than 18 in this state. So we don't want to give them an easy path to to do it. So here, going back to the allegation, it says you promulgated disinformation regarding the COVID-19 pandemic advised against vaccines and masks, including calling for civil disobedience, which I think you did down. um, Well, I think you did that even in Minnesota, but certainly when you were on the road, you, you, you definitely were all over on COVID, you know, national media and everything like that. Second one. Respondent claimed that the COVID-19 is nothing more than the flu and falsely compared and minimized the difference between the 2009 H1N1 pandemic and COVID-19. I'm certain they're taking some luxury with that statement Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of nuances there. By the way, the flu, much more deadly for young children, just FYI. Uh, Next one, respondent promoted conspiracy theories. Loyal to foil, huh? He must be loyal to foil. Conspiracy <laughs> yeah. theories alleging the Minnesota Department of Health instructed providers, providers to falsify death certificates, as you alleged, which was true. Mm-hmm. That was 100% true what they were doing. But I never said that physicians were falsifying them. I, was, I said that physicians were being encouraged right. to change the way we'd done it. And people said, why would they do that? And I think a lot of times physicians, I think right now 70% of doctors work for a corporation of some sort. And mm. if you've got a hospital administration coming down saying, listen, the more discharge summaries we have that list COVID-19, the more we'll be in line for supplemental mm-hmm. funding through the CARES Act or other federal programs. A lot of times things are squishy and rationalization, physicians are pretty good at rationalizing. Mm-hmm. We tend to think pretty highly of our own opinion. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times we can rationalize, well, I could do this. Yeah, I could see, I could put down COVID-19, even if the originating event had more to do with a heart attack, which led to congestive heart failure, which led to ultimately a decision to put that patient on care setting. And he recommended against children wearing masks in schools. First of all, Pfizer has now admitted, I'm sure you've seen the video to the European Parliament, that they never tested if it stopped the spread of COVID. That wasn't tested. Mm-hmm. So how are you putting people at risk with that? And once again, masks, I mean, a proper fitting uh, N95 mask works, works, but that's not what they were talking about. They were talking about cloth masks. How right. are you putting people at risk by wearing a, a cloth mask that doesn't do anything? Mm-hmm. They just say, this is literally the COVID cultist talking points alleged at you, which honestly, I think you would own up to what you said there. 
filtration ratios for cotton masks are somewhere between 10 and 18 percent, which means that you've got somewhere between 82 to 90 percent still getting through, something like that. So I think that's important to recognize. And when you said N95 mask, Jake, I think it's, under, it's important to understand how does that moniker come attached to the N95 mask? What it means is an N95 mask will filter 95% of particles mm -hmm. yep. larger than right. 0.3 microns. Let's remember, a COVID viral particle is generally about 0.1 micron. So it's smaller than the 0.3 micron that the N95 mask addresses. That's important. Mm -hmm. Do you feel at this point, I think we only got a couple minutes, we got to get you out of here at 120, is that correct? 120, 125, yeah. Well, we're going to go with 125 because I think we're, we'll also read some comments, Bridget, if we got comments, because I'm sure people want to weigh in on this. But do you feel at all vindicated at this point? I know the mainstream media is not giving us our due, but do you feel somewhat vindicated? Because it seems to me at this point, a lot of people are starting to recognize that this is not, that what we've been saying is correct. You could see it embedded in the data right from the Minnesota Department of Health. When you look at populations, uh, segments of the population, demographics, the highest risk class, 65 plus, I think they're about 50% up to date on their boosters and their vaccination status. I even hate to call them vaccines because they change the term. When you get down to my age group, and certainly when you get down to the youngers, it is in the single digits, maybe in the teens. And people that are up to date, they're not buying it anymore. And I don't think they're buying it because they've seen the data come out or they've, they've just said this isn't working, of course, you know, Attorney General Keith Ellison, double vaxxed, boosted, and he likes to admit that, also got COVID twice. It's like the whole mm -hmm. narrative just has gone right in their face. So do you feel vindicated at this point? I do. And yet, Jake, it's not my nature to sort of wallow in the glory of being right. Oh, I mean, God, I've that's been, my I, nature. I've been time. wrong, too. <laughs> I mean, I initially came out feeling like the COVID-19 virus most likely was a spontaneous reassortment of genetic material in a couple of different species. Mm -hmm. I think I was wrong. I think the likelihood now when you look at it, I think it probably was created in a lab. Oh, There's 100%. a signature of yeah. nucleotides that make it pretty clear that this probably was not a spontaneous reassortment in nature. Mm -hmm. I was wrong on that. But I think when it comes to masks, when it comes to vaccines, when it comes to lockdowns, when it comes to what we did to our kids, uh, when it came to so much, so much collateral damage, I think I've been proven right time after time after time. Mm -hmm. But I think what we have to do is recognize the real danger of what's gone on during COVID. And to me, all of this stuff is significant. But when we see the expansion of government, when we see people willing to lie down and let government intrude into our personal lives like our Constitution says should never happen, mm -hmm. to me, if, it, if they did it to us once, They'll do it to us again 100%. if we let them. And to me, that's the thing that frightens me for my children and my grandchildren going forward. I'll be dead and gone. But doggone it, we cannot stop pushing back, and we need to hold people accountable. Right, yeah. And I think in many ways the pandemic was just conditioning of the people. I think there's sinister things here at play, global leftist agenda that's not for freedom. You know, there's people that speculate it's depopulation. I don't know if I've gone that far, but it's certainly not people that are pro, you know, health freedom or pro freedom in general. I mean, just look at their climate change agenda. Mm -hmm. This is right now, and we're, we're going to break to this after Scott leaves um, on the Senate floor right now. They're actually debating making Minnesota completely carbon free, which will certainly lead to climatic deaths in Minnesota. 
I don't know if people know this. It's actually mm-hmm. really cold outside. It's <laughs> unbelievably cold. There's right, wind, I, I, I just got the wind some, chill advisory. Some global warming right now would be pretty nice. I know. Um, Bridget, let's read some comments here for Scott. He's got about five-ish minutes left. He gave us an ish, didn't he? How was that? <laughs> or he gave us a range. I don't think he gave us the ish, but he gave us a range. So we're going to abuse that. So we have a couple comments here um, new, on Rumble. So Noof2727 says these people are sick. And then Brad Ganser says, thank you, Dr. Jensen, for your public service. I agree. It's more important than ever to stand up and fight back. Um, and then Trump151 says, how do we push back against Ellison's initiative against you? Okay, that's a great question. Uh, Trump, well, first of all, Jesse, it's like. Yeah, it's like I commented that. De- de- definitely got an audience here. Another <laughs> Trump people. We'll do another Stump the Trump segment with Jesse today. How do we fight back against this thing? It seems right now it's between you, the AG's office, which I guess is representing the medical board, but is there something that people can do in support of this effort? Well, actually, over the last 72 hours, it's been pretty impressive. I mean, that video I put out on Monday, I think it's been reached reached more than 2 million people. We're getting calls from all over the world. Uh, People have reached out on the way here. uh, An attorney who specializes in this kind of thing called me from the East Coast. I think... If you ask yourself, what does freedom look like? Freedom has to look like we the people. It has to look like a restrained government. It has to be an engaged citizenry. We don't get to step away. This is our time to step forward. People know history better than I do, but if you go back to the the revolution in America, it was some 15% of the Mm -hmm. populace really got motivated to say, we have to create a new country. I think that that's all we can do is keep on fighting. We have to hold people accountable. We got to talk to our friends and neighbors, our family, the people who disagree with us, not holding them in contempt, but saying, help me, help me understand. I can't get my arms around it. How can you say all that's going on is okay? We just got to keep going. People have asked me, Doc, you lost the election in November. Why don't you just slink away and go away? I don't get to. I can't stand on the sidelines. I've got to stay involved. Mm-hmm. My life would be easier at the age of 68 if I just walked away and played more golf. But by damn, George, that's not an option. Well, so, yeah, because it's too cold and there's snow on the ground. So well, we know. I was sort of come, thinking a little more June. deeply than that. <laughs> but the bottom line is that's what we have to do is we've got to stay engaged. We've got right. to stay involved. And people mm-hmm. are. They are rising up. This wokeism, this wokeism is being challenged at its core. We are seeing people saying, you know what? I was not reading this quite right. Right. They're backing away. We need to be gentle. We need to be kind. We need to help explain things. We need to listen to them. Somehow we've got to be able to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. I think the time for conversation has passed. I think it's time for action. Um, You know, I kind of follow the Milton Friedman thinking on licensing and licensing boards. I don't know if you've thought through that position, but this is exactly why I think it's very dangerous for government to be in control of licenses. Because essentially, if they succeed here, you can't practice medicine legally in the state of Minnesota. Is that correct? Your point is well taken. I think when I was in the Senate, I was made very keenly aware of the fact that it isn't just licensure. It's registration, it's licensure, it's application, it's inspection, it's audits. Whenever the government can do that, they can weaponize mm-hmm. the organization against you. Right. I believe the Minnesota Board of Medical Practice is clearly being weaponized yep. by people who hate my politics to get at me because mm-hmm. there's no other way for them to get it. You can do the same thing to someone who runs a hair salon, who owns a restaurant, who runs a dental clinic. It doesn't matter. When we see government get this big and intrudes into our personal lives unnecessarily, mm-hmm. we got a problem. One more mm-hmm. question, Bridget. That's all we got time for. 
And not Brad Ganser. He can't just make comments. So not a question, but um, someone says, pray for Scott Jensen, and Scott needs to run again. We need more fighters like him in office. Any so questions, not nope. just comments? We don't have any no questions. No more questions. Yeah. Okay. Scott, what do you think you're doing now? Are you going to run for something again? You're talking about staying involved. I think my voice needs to be involved. I think we created a movement that hasn't been seen in the last couple of decades in terms of a conservative message. Mm -hmm. I don't know what my future holds. I know that I think it's danger, dangerous to say never, so I'll go never say never. But I, I do think that if you look at what's happening right now in the legislature, we're seeing some of those young voices step up. Like I said before, I'm 68. Uh, we need to hear your voice, William. We need to hear your Jesse's. We have a group of conservative voices at the legislature. We may not agree with them on every position, but they're speaking up. They're mm -hmm. there. I mean, we've got people like Walter Hudson there who's, mm -hmm. who's yeah. willing to take some slings and arrows. Absolutely. And Walter's saying it out loud. He's saying the quiet thing out loud, and, and we've got to hear those voices. There are young women and young men, and at my age, mm -hmm. everybody looks young. I think that that's important. So if I can help, terrific. If I'm the candidate, Maybe that's okay, but mm -hmm. I had the privilege of a lifetime to run statewide mm -hmm. and meet so many hundreds of thousands of wonderful Minnesotans. Mm -hmm. For me, before I leave, I want to see thoughtful, balanced, conservative voices that say, listen, I got a little bit of a libertarian slant, and I'm going to speak the message because, quite frankly, I have a strong libertarian slant myself. Mm -hmm. I think that we need to try to, as much as possible, avoid some of these social issues and really get to the Constitution, really get to the notion of well, how in the world can we have a $30 trillion debt in this country? How can we have a budget that Tim Walls is proposing that's 25% higher than the last <laughs> yeah, one? Yep. Crazy. I'm sorry, at some point in time, the piper has to be paid and mm -hmm. we're going down the wrong slope and elections have consequences and we can't afford forward to keep losing 100 percent. Right. well i want to say thank you very much for coming on and talking with us and we appreciate that you're taking on the political system and uh you got the truth on your side so we support what you're doing i don't think he's got a choice on this one it seems like they're right. taking him on so he's got to yeah. come for it so here's your new book uh we've been played yeah i would agree with that on the back zoom in on this look at that look who's uh he's got a little uh statement on the book Dr. Peter McCullough. I saw he also tweeted out about this, so he's on the case. A lot of our people like Dr. Peter McCullough. One of the most cited cardiologists in the nation, right? Yeah, Peter McCullough stuff. has been a hero, Jake. Yeah. He has. He's put it all on the line. He's, I think, arguably the most published cardiologist in the world. He is asked to speak all across the globe. This is a guy who is, his brain is incredible and i've had the chance to share the stage with him and enjoy his wisdom i am so grateful that he is willing to put it all in line and he has over and over again and he's staying in the mix gotcha well thanks very much scott thanks for coming in and let's thanks, uh thanks, yeah, appreciate stay in touch thank you keep, very much keep updated on the story i guess february 24th is the hearing or conference, conference yeah i've asked for a continuation and i expect to get it good thank to you. hear thank you right, yeah thank awesome. you very much Dawson, let's uh, look in at the uh, legislative session here because right now on the Senate floor, they're debating actually removing us from any carbon sources for our energy, which is absolutely insane. If you want to talk about climatic deaths, it's not going to come from the polar ice caps melting. It's going to come from them doing these stupid policies that will lead to disruptions in our energy system. So um, do we not have the feed? Give you one second. What are you going to do in that second? 
thought we were I thought we were in sync on this one, Dawson. Um, I, the other thing we didn't get to, and obviously I want to respect uh, Scott's time here. So it looks like they're on an amendment. I think if I was watching this right, they did actually um, uh, they did actually add an amendment. So that means that even though it passed the House, uh, it's going to have to go back to the House. This is interesting amendment. Add small nuclear reactors to list the carbon-free. So I, I've got a mm. you know a, a guy that's well Jackson. I don't think Jackson's going to mind me saying this. He goes. You know when someone's being honest about this carbon-free uh, energy system, you know, and, and being fully green, you'll know that they're being authentic and serious if they add to that list nuclear energy, but they never do yeah. because nuclear energy would be a very safe and reliable energy source. But that's not part of it because the left literally wants to control us to a point where we're really dependent on not that dependable electricity. <laughs> That's what this whole thing's about. This is part of a big global agenda. Let's not make any mistake about it. And wind and solar is not going to provide it for Minnesotans. Well, I'm against this green agenda, and also I must say that I'm not a huge fan of nuclear myself. Whoa, that that whoa, might just whoa, be whoa. me. Whoa, I know it's an unpopular Jesse. opinion, but I am anti-nuclear. Why? I am pro-coal, and I am pro-oil. <laughs> I am for the things that oh, built this okay. country. Still in character, I like it. Well, you really don't. No, no, it's the truth. It's not a character. It's the truth. I, I am against nuclear energy. That's what that you was, just said. But there's nothing character. more reliable uh -huh. and powerful than nuclear energy. Why would you want to go? Because I also coal? see it as extremely unsafe. You know, we've seen lots of problems with nuclear waste. No, uh, I don't want to see that in media. In Idaho, they have a playground made out of nuclear waste. On the bed, on the ground is nuclear waste. That's not the kind of toxins that we want our children to be sniffing up. It's not a good. Of course, no one wants that. Uh, I know, but I'm saying that, that that's the kind of things that happen out of uh, nuclear energy, so unfortunately. A lot of people Dawson, hold on. Dawson, I've got a video. Are we just showing this video of the YouTube thing? or What do we got up on the screen? Oh, why don't I have the actual view up right now? Actually, this is probably better so we can... There's nothing important going on. Oh, there we go. I just wanted to see. Yeah, so... Um, oh, I thought it was the other way around. We didn't get a chance to talk to Scott Jensen about that, if, if he's got some of his audience watching. Uh, a very fascinating report came out by the Star Tribune today. If you want to pull that up, Dawson. Um, we don't even, I don't know if they've even got audio. We don't have audio on that Senate floor. And we're not going to do a full live stream of that. But um, the uh, – yeah, 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 the um, Star Tribune article. So uh, spending. Spending in Minnesota in elections wasn't even close. Democrats way outspent Republicans. Mm -hmm. Tim, former Republican rep. Um, and that's the interesting thing, William, is despite Tony Jurgen's little maneuver, right, and all this money that was spent, it was razor thin. Republicans still almost won. That's the crazy thing. Yep. So the Democrats have this huge, and I've said this to a lot of people, we are not a blue state. And, th and this is why we are on the front lines right now in this battle against this global leftist agenda, because they know it's not a red state. Even Ken Martin, I think, is in this article, states that this is a purple state. That's all mm -hmm. he can see. He can only see purple because he can see a little bit of red. <laughs> this is a more red state. You get outside the Twin Cities metro area, mm -hmm. it's a red state. Okay? Well, you know where a lot of this money comes from, right? It comes from out of state, and it, it comes, comes from, from wealthy billionaires. And George Soros. Mm -hmm. Well, I lied a messenger with the um, Alliance for Better Minnesota, which, which I think spent $16 million in this election. We'll get to that. So um, go back to that article. This is uh, just a fascinating amount. Oh, hold on one second. Why is uh, Dietzik speaking? 
<laughs> are they going no, back recess, to recess and back to committees is what it just said there oh we might not get to talk Moved about this table after and roll. Request, are they tabling it request roll call motion to lay on the table okay so mm -hmm. there we go uh essentially they're not going to pass the carbon-free bill today in the Minnesota Senate. Now, that's a tough vote because you've got the Hothschilds of the world, you've got the uh, Seabergs of the world in these very vulnerable districts for Democrats, mm -hmm. and they're going to have to take a very tough vote. And what so, do you think the logic is to the Republicans voting no right now? Uh, they want to force this vote? They want to put these Democrats on record? That's a damn good question, Jesse. I'm right, not... because I would think that you know they might consider, yeah, let's uh, hold this off for now until uh, a better... Well, it seemed, it seemed to me if I got this right, and I'm sorry, we, we really want to prepare for Scott Jensen because I thought that that'd be more interesting to you. But what I think I had saw was the bill was already amended. So meaning it would have to go back to the Minnesota House regardless. Mm -hmm. I so, see. so, you know, the, it wasn't going to pass today anyhow and go to the governor's desk. Yep. If you're just following the legislature now, they're moving things unbelievably fast. As I was talking to Scott before he came on air, it's like it's unbelievable what these guys are doing. They're literally doing this agenda that's just everything that they want and uh if you're not following by the way uh, look over there the truth hurts show make sure you click like or uh was it subscribe on rumble i think it's follow and subscribe to yeah no i'm Pedro. confused it's weird i see a likes and then i see a follow mm -hmm. I, if i'm confused i'm sure everyone else is but yeah. do one of those things so must have some republicans yeah it looks like rasmussen is voting with the democrats there uh to table this mm. i'm not certain why um but it looks like they're tabling it and then Dietzik is going to adjourn then, I'm assuming. I don't know if they had anything else in the register today. Do you know? Yeah, I'm not sure, but that that is very interesting. Oh, recess to call the president at about 5.15. Mm. There you go. Should we come back? Should we do a live? No, you know what? <laughs> Mort's going to be live tonight. So you we'll could probably do it. Yeah, we'll let Mort know about it. So uh, behind the smoke screen tonight at 7 p.m. live. Um, we are doing that show live, right? Okay. He'll want to do it live. All right, so Mort can probably do some live commentary. Maybe he'll join him if he wants me. It's his show. He can do whatever he wants. We, no, we don't care. They're, they're going to recess. The Demo if a Democrat president or, sorry, Democrat's majority leader wants to recess, she's going to get her caucuses votes. Yep. So. But that's still interesting. I'm glad that it's being with, you know, being held back. You know, it's better than it passing for sure. We'll see. And then that goes all the way to 100% by 2040. So in seven years... We're going to be 80%. Right now, I don't. I think it's like in the 20, 30 percentile carbon-free. Which you is really actually typically high for a state like Minnesota, from what I can tell. Well, and, and most of that's not coming from solar. Solar is not reliable. No. I mm -hmm. love solar, by the way, because, uh, you know, <laughs> if you want to live off the grid in the middle of nowhere, yeah. solar, It's there's a lot of problems with solar. Mm -hmm. Anyone that knows about this that's looked at it, prepper, whatever, you know, you know, you're investing a ton of money in the batteries mm -hmm, and right. good batteries versus bad batteries is a big deal. And you're not getting a lot of reliable sun, obviously, in the winter. Mm -hmm, right. Yeah. You're pointing that sucker way south. Yep. You so, need a backup yeah, there's lots of pros and cons to the solar panels. Things yeah. to consider, you know, the direction of uh, everything. So obviously the majority of the carbon free that that's true carbon free. I don't think they're including capture in this, but is the wind power. And uh, boy. You just go down south and you see these things. People do not like them. And uh, you got to think about those poor eagles that are getting murdered by these windmills, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. They don't care. Nice polar ice caps are melting. That's why Obama's got a uh, estate on uh, Martha's, Vineyard. Yeah, Martha's Vineyard at sea level. Mm -hmm. All right, let's pull that 
let's pull up the uh, Star Tribune. Let's go back to Star Tribune article. So they basically killed HF7 today, or at least temporarily. Um, so going to the second paragraph, DFLers on the statewide ticket largely outspent their rivals and were aided by robust party fundraising and the Alliance for Better Minnesota, which inundated Minnesotans with ads. The Alliance and dozens of other groups allied with both political parties channeled a whopping $62 million. $62 million. Now, other states spend a ton more on politics than Minnesota does, but that's still a ton of dough for a statewide election. Um, and this is where I mentioned Ken, Ken Martin, this loser, uh, says, quote, Minnesota is not a blue state and it's not a red state. It is a purple state. And every year you have to compete. And they compete very well. I mean, they compete a lot better than corrupt uh, party chair of the MNGOP, David Hand who literally failed every measurable thing here, fundraising, winning the House, winning the Senate, winning any statewide election, and he got reelected. That's mm -hmm. unbelievable. Mm -hmm. What's well, the definition of sanity? Action for Liberty is doing the same thing over and over again. That's why Action for Liberty is pushing for people to go to their BPOU conventions coming up this month uh, and actually get involved, yeah, uh, regardless I, of what party it's in. I, I know we're not supposed to say for legal reasons but okay <laughs> yeah. but we had a, we, it's important that you get involved and you there were actually, democrats that came to our training you know that there's one that was actually considering challenging a sitting democrat house member um because she was against the vaccine mandates i didn't hear that really oh yeah yeah that was oh, that's fun. good that's good news i, good I don't news. think she actually followed through with it but we were kind of hopeful she would yeah right i want to say maybe it was carlos um mariani's district so it would have been an mm. open seat mm. so he didn't run again Boy, you want to talk about some fun, fun uh, video? Watch Carlos Mariani, uh, his departure speech. Yeah, where he thanks the indigenous peoples whose land we are on right now. In <laughs> 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 uh, his bid for a second term, DFL Governor Tim Wall spent close to double that of GOP challenger Scott Jensen, according to campaign finance reports available Wednesday. This is why this is a story today. Is uh, February first is the first day you could look at campaign finance reports. Yes. Wish we would have had a chance to talk to Scott about it, but once again, I don't regret it because that was a very interesting conversation. We had to get to the bottom of what he's going against. Mm -hmm. And if you guys aren't familiar, we just got YouTube uh, or we had YouTube suspend us again, a second strike, medical misinformation, and it's eerily just like what they're complaining about with Scott Jensen. Same yep. thing. Yep. So Minnesota governor's off. race uh, raised $6.2 million this year for by Governor Wall, so he had a lot of cash on hand before. So really, when it came to spending, he spent almost $10 million, $9.8 million, and uh, Jensen spent $5.5 million. Right now, Walls has cash on hand, or at least he did at the end of the year, of $50,000, whereas in Jensen can basically buy a steak dinner for his campaign team. <laughs> Maybe not even. Not these days. What am I talking about? He couldn't even buy a cart full of groceries with 558. <laughs> mm -hmm. Maybe if the groceries didn't include eggs. Yeah. That yeah. eggs, there's no way. 558. Well, he wanted to limit those red meats anyway. Right. So And and right I'm again. not by the way, this isn't a slight against Scott. You just spend it down, spend down the money. Why mm -hmm. why have a ton of money left over? But it's really interesting that Walls emerges still with the tactical advantage going forward. Big money, cash in hand. Mm -hmm. In one of the tightest races in the statewide ballot, DFL Attorney General Keith Allison, you know, Mr. I'm gonna tax Scott Jensen's medical license. Um, Keith Allison won re-election to a second term by less than one percentage point over GOP challenger Jim Schultz. Allison outspent Schultz by close to a third. So it was basically $2 million to Schultz's $1.3 million. Scroll down. The spending paid off for the DFL, which 
fucked what was supposed to be a midterm election favorable to Republicans. Yes, that's right. It was supposed to be a red wave. It didn't turn out to be a red wave. And I would allege there's many reasons. One is when you have Tony Jurgens endorsing a a senator can a Senate candidate who's a Democrat in the seat that's going to matter and flip the old damn Senate. That makes a big deal. And you know what? I thought about this, William. Maybe I'm wrong on this. Maybe Tony Jurgens really isn't at fault because Tony Jurgens, as a sitting legislator, can't possibly convince 151 people to vote. He doesn't <laughs> even have that much influence. So it's got to be one of the two things. Either Tony Jurgens can't influence 151 of his own constituents, or Tony Jurgens is the reason we have the Democrats in control of the Senate. I think, I'm going to go with the latter. What are you going to go with? I think he has to have at least 150 hardcore supporters, and that's probably that's probably it. So, yeah, I, I think he did sway a couple of them to vote for the Democrat. No, no doubt. not a couple, like 151. You would imagine a sitting Senate or sitting legislator could do that. Mm -hmm. But if it's not true, this is if this is fake news, this that is just also means Tony Jurgens has no influence whatsoever. Right. Sayonara. Still ridiculous. Vo uh, in endorsing Judy Seberger, a Democrat. Mm -hmm. And now we have abortion on demand. We're talking about possibly carbon free all because of coordinated with campaigns. It was a dramatic jump from the $34 million spent in the last midterm elections. 15 organizations reported $1 million or more in independent expenditures in 2022 compared to the eight groups in the last midterm. The Alliance for Better Minnesota, which is run by Elida Messenger, wealthy heiress to the Rockefeller money and former wife to uh, Mark Dayton. Now he's got a much younger wife. Remember, uh, was she like 34 years old? Something like that. Something like that. You know, you look at me like you didn't know that, William. You no. know, Mark Dayton married like a 34-year-old girl. Yeah, I know. She, and he she's did well very good looking, at least from the pictures I saw. I didn't have an expression on my face. I'm sure it's all about love there. <laughs> uh, love of the green. So uh, you think he paid off for uh, student loans? Probably did. Probably paid off at the loans. least. Yeah, at at the least. that's a very kind thing. Yeah. His ex, Elida Messenger, behind it. $16 million on Democrats' behalf. That's a nice little thing to have. Uh, there's also an organization, Safe, Accessible, Fair Elections, spent roughly $3.3 million to help Simon win when she won by a lot. You really don't have large money coming on the Republican side. All said and done, 10 to 1, something like that, probably 20 to 1. We'd, we should dive into these numbers, but it wasn't mm -hmm. even close. Democrats way outspent Republicans, and Republicans still almost won. Yeah. So when people say, oh, it's a blue state, I don't know about that, man. Mm -hmm. It's the Democrat Party, which is a functioning machine with lots of dough coming in. And by the way, they're not against billionaires because it's billionaires funding them and they're yeah. getting money from unions and they're getting people pitching in. Oh, we got it. I got a comment on this, too. David Hand's quoted in this article, which, of course, David Hand is trying to save face because he was a massive failure. And he writes in here, yes, they raised a lot of money, but if you... That money directly to the candidates because they know that it's yeah. not going to the right places. That's the way to David do it. David Hand. That's directly right. uh, nationwide, too. Don't donate to the RNC. Donate to uh, the candidate that mm -hmm. you like. Exactly. For sure. Exactly. Interesting data. I wish we would have had more time with Scott. We could have gone into that, seen, seen how that looked from his perspective, and maybe talk a little bit more about the campaign. But I don't know. We probably got to talk to him again because I'm very interested in where this thing goes. Let the old days, the old bygones be bygones. You know, we've had some uh, heated discussions with him in the past. But <laughs> um, but I love that love, virtue signaling on uh, I'm very libertarian. I was like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing there. <laughs> <laughs> he gave a head nod to Milton Freeman, too, on licensing. Mm -hmm. um, Bridget, any comments or questions before we sign off today? 
or before uh, Mr. Loyal the Foil tells us his new conspiracy theory. <laughs> um, we have Trump151 asking, is, is there a well-organized group, group for fair elections in Minnesota? Oh, great question. And uh, he's a little ahead of the game. Action for Liberty is starting our secure elections project. So right now, we've built this really beautiful data system and we're we're actually you were talking to secretary of state's office before you got on here yep like we're, we're having conversations with them to get the data i don't know if anyone's ever done this thing before we're being nice mm -hmm. we're nice to get oh the yeah data. we're friendly yeah we're very friendly but mm -hmm. we built this beautiful data system we got a meeting tonight and uh we got an awesome activist heidi who's going to be spearheading this thing for us so it's called the secure elections project and i think we're going to be launching it next week publicly um, so, yes, 100% we are on top of this. We've been actually looking at election data for smoking guns uh, for about a month now, actually, a little bit over a month since, since December. So, unfortunately, we haven't uncovered something that I think is worthy of mentioning, at least cheating-wise. We certainly have uncovered a lot of what the left is doing strategically that, unfortunately, with these shitty laws, are legal, right? Mm. Like ballot, ballot harvesting, like legal in, in some regards, legal what they're doing. So we're actually uncovering a lot of their tactics, um, but we are looking for that smoking gun to see if there is fraud. Mm -hmm. And if we don't find it, then, you know, my conclusion is the 2022 election doesn't have fraud. You know, I was saying that statement like in a way where YouTube wouldn't ban us or take us off air. And then I just realized we're not on YouTube. Today yeah, because we're <laughs> you don't suspended. have to worry. <laughs> and maybe that's why they do this is so that we change our speech. Because, you know, when you're on YouTube and you get the uh, strikes, right, Dawson? They say most people don't get a second strike. Yeah, because you change their behavior. Meanwhile, we just go to Rumble and we go, screw you guys. We'll just say what we're going to say and we'll say it on a different platform. Mm -hmm. What else, Bridget? Um, someone commented a little while ago, so you may have already answered the question, but she said, so Lisa on Facebook says, just tuned in, so the blackout bill is on hold? She's asking. They said that the blackout bill is on hold. She's asking, yeah, is it on hold? Yeah, so it looks like they tabled the blackout bill, HF7. That's what um, a lot of people are calling it. And um, and this is the one that would make us carbon-free by 2040. And really, the bigger statement is in seven years, in 2030, that you're 80% carbon-free. And we're, we're not even close to that right now. We will it will lead to climatic deaths. There's a really interesting book Alex Epstein wrote. Is it Epstein? I think I got that right. Alex Epstein? It's actually not because I was listening to a podcast the other day and he corrected, I think it was Charlie Kirk and he said Epstein. Epstein. Well, you would mm -hmm. understand why he'd want to correct that, right? Mm -hmm. Alex, because I saw their looks. I wish we had that on camera. As soon as I said Epstein, they look at me like, <laughs> Alex Epstein, uh, the book on uh, the moral case for fossil fuels. Very interesting read. Would highly recommend mm. it. All right. What other, any other comments or questions there, Bridget? Um, one last one, but it's kind of directed to, towards uh, Scott. Well, we'll answer on his behalf. So it says, is the Upper Midwest Law Center considering helping Dr. Scott Jensen's legal battle to protect his medical license That's and the vital really need to protect his legal right to freely express scientific dissent? That's a really good question, whoever asked that. Um, and I think, you know, I got the impression, I don't know if you guys did too, but that he's probably got someone that has expertise in this. Yeah. Um, That's what he was saying. He yeah. said he had a call on the way over here from someone on the East Coast who specializes in this mm. stuff. So Right. Hopefully it works out for him. Yeah, so um, you know, I, I'm I'm not certain if they would have that level of expertise in this kind of law. So, um, but I'm sure they're sympathetic. I would imagine so. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it sounds like Scott Jensen's got some pretty good attorneys that specialize in this. Uh, what do you got today, there, young, young uh, Mega Jesse? <laughs> Anything on the agenda? 
You know, not not too much. You know, I, I did learn something more about Ron DeSantis. You know, if people watched that uh, <laughs> last episode, hat, uh, we were talking about why, the fact is, checkers ready. why is he on CNN, you know? And I think I found out the answer as to why Ron DeSantis was hanging out with his friends there on <laughs> CNN. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to believe this, William. Ron DeSantis' wife used to work for CNN. No kidding. Right. Who knows? And, and not only that, Google. she goes by Casey DeSantis. That's not even her real name. Her real name is Jill Black. There's a whole new world coming whoa, out whoa, there. Whoa. So I am- All right. We're going to live fact check this. <laughs> Google. Uh, you know, so Jesse, what happens when you get married is that you actually take your husband's name. I, I can understand name. that. But explain the Jill. Is that going to happen with you guys, William? What? T- she's going to take your last name? Yeah, she's going to take my you last know, name. You know, actually, I just saw something where uh, this guy, he took the woman's last name. And oh, I've seen that before. Yeah, yeah. And, like the they, they both hyphenated couples. their names. It was crazy. I couldn't even imagine being a man and uh, oh, hyphenated. Well, you yeah. need to get with it. That's, that's very un- that's very non. No, it's it's, of you. it's fine for women to do that, but for a man to do that, that's a little a little uh, beta male. Well, <laughs> 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 listen, I I actually am old school like this, but I, I will say the one person I know that did this. It was a kid that I was in uh, high school with. Um, his rationale was that his dad was a terrible person, probably abusive, whatever. Hmm. And he didn't want to carry on that name. Oh, okay. I was like, well, that is actually interesting. See, like I got great pride in my last name. You know, there's a car named after my <laughs> family, right? The Duesenberg car. It comes from my great-grandfather's uncle's Fred Nagy Duesenberg. Oh, you're kidding. So it's one and the same. Yeah. It's not just a co- – I always assumed it was a coincidence. No, there's <laughs> not. There's a, there's not a lot of Duesenbergs in, in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it all comes from, uh, I guess, immigration from Germany, and uh, I think we're gonna say the nineteen, the early nineteen hundreds, probably like aught seven or something like that. Wow! And um, so Fred and Augie were probably first generation Americans. His parents came over, um, and so they, they're the ones that developed the car company. They actually started in St. Paul. They we were based out of Iowa. My family comes from Iowa. That's why I'm a Chicago Bears fan and a Twins <laughs> fan. My dad's from. Northern Iowa. So, you know, growing up in the 60s, he became a Bears fan because they were the monsters of Midway and the mm-hmm. Twins were the new team of Minnesota. People mm-hmm. are always confused. Like, why would I like that? It's like, yeah. you just got to know where I, my family comes from. And then, that of makes course, sense. Mm-hmm. I liked what my dad liked. Uh, did we have a fact check here? on? Um, yeah, I looked it up and it's true. Her name is Jill Casey Black. And yep. she did so work it's her for middle CNN. name. Hold on, hold on. I want to see something on the screen, though. Why, why is uh, Bridget pulling up? We can't even <laughs> see this. You guys are colluding. There's here. no reason to. No, stop. We solved this. <laughs> it's her middle name. You probably knew that, too. You just didn't want to bring it up. I knew that. But uh, <laughs> wow. I just, <laughs> I, I'm just saying. See you know, what's it's, coming it's a from. Weird. Did she work for CNN, though? That That's 100% true. What yeah, did she do for CNN? That's what I want to know. Uh, she used to. Well, she originally started out with the PGA, the Professional Golf Association, doing uh, reporting on that. Uh, and eventually she did work for CNN. It's even oh, in the Wikipedia here. Oh, yeah. She, I, I guess I... Including for good. CNN. Early in her career, she hosted the Golf Channel programs on the T. She was also a local newspaper. Where is it? Oh, she also did special reports, including for CNN. How oh, interesting. I don't know how much I'm going to shit on her for this here. Is she <laughs> ni- she's born in 1980. How old is DeSantis? He's like in his early 40s. Mm-hmm. He's my oh god! They're all my age. Yeah. What am I doing with my life? <laughs> Look on Ron DeSantis there. She's very good looking too. Um, you know, like um, 
yeah, scroll down a little bit. Oh, born 1978. Yeah, he's he's only a handful of years older than me. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Get wow. some young blood in there. Yeah, he's uh was he ever on the list like uh what are those things called? 40 by 40 or whatever, you know, like the Oh. Uh, I don't know. Under 40 year olds. He, yeah, mm. he, he would have been a congressman in his 30s, so hmm. who knows. Yeah, but when he been governor for he wouldn't when he got became hold on go back to he, what's he, his birthday well, I think he, he was won 40. governor in 2018 right so well how old is he right now he was born in what, what's his birth said 78 go back up no no all the way to the top there uh september okay he would have just turned 40 by elect just right before election november uh, to governor yeah, yeah. So it would be November night of November of 2018. He would have become governor. I was gonna say, was he governor before? Still at 40 years old. Yeah, it's one of the younger governors in the country, I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, impressive. Very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of Anthony Bourdain. So technically, parts of known was on CNN. Mm-hmm. You gonna shit on Anthony? Well, Bourdain? It, yeah. And there's Larry King, you know, but uh, yeah. You know, there, there were some good things back in the day of CNN, and, yeah. and I'm still doing my due Tucker diligence. Tucker Carlson was on CNN Crosshair. That's right. Yep, that's yep. right. But uh, Crosshair. Well, I guess you know it? who found advice? Hmm. Um, the liberal. That's um. Oh yeah. Uh, Gavin yeah. McInnes. Yeah, that's right. Yep, and look how different he is from Vice. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, it's interesting how uh, things end up working out. But uh, I, I'm still doing my due diligence and research on uh, Casey As DeSantis slash Jill Black and. Uh, We'll see what I what ends up coming. I know, of but it. Jesse, I, I got plenty of things on Ron, and I'm still waiting for him yeah, to you're, announce you're before I really go. That, you're turning into the boy that cried wolf. If you start doing these crazy allegations, no one's gonna pay attention. Yeah, to no, him. I like Trump, but if you keep doing this, uh, it's kind of tarnishing you know, my w- view of him. What did Donald Trump say about Ted Cruz's father? He said that Ted Cruz's father was involved in the JFK shooting. I am 100% aligned with the MAGA movement. I know exactly the direction we're heading, and I'm ready for the Trump train to keep on going. By the way, by the way. So I'm telling you, there's nothing wrong with what I'm doing at all. By the way, did you guys see Trump's most recent truth on Ron DeSantis? No. He was criticizing Ron, saying that he loves the vaccines and that he loves the test, and that he spent too much money on testing. Mm-hmm. And I am calling BS on that. I love oh, Donald yeah? Trump. He's great. You can't call out Ron DeSantis for the vaccines because guess who sped up the production of the vaccines? And guess who got it? Ron DeSantis. He got the vaccines. So did Trump. Yeah, exactly. But Ron DeSantis actually formed a committee to actually investigate the vaccines <laughs> after they found the, uh, the side effects. Okay, I don't know if you had seen this, but uh, Ron DeSantis was actually months after Trump was saying, we need to reopen our economy. We can't continue with these lockdowns. Ron DeSantis imposed lockdowns in Florida. And Trump criticized Brian Kemp for opening up his state too early. Trump's the one that encouraged everyone to shut down originally. And I'm saying DeSantis continued that after. You know, DeSantis there's a little blood. Yeah, there is a lot of blood on. I mean, even Christy Nome did a, a shutdown. Yeah, temporarily. no, she didn't. Uh, she was the only governor that did. Oh, that. am I? Okay, do I got this mixed up? Hmm. Yeah, DeSantis. Oh is no, the no one I'm sorry. I'm thinking did. of Greg Abbott. Yeah, Greg oh yeah, Abbott, Abbott did. Yeah. Sure. Because I remember some of these people emerged as like uh, like heroes in the movement. I was like, mm-hmm. but they kind of shut down their governments too. Abbott stayed. So DeSantis did shut down for a period of time, but he actually opened up sooner than a lot of the country. I don't fault Abbott someone. Abbott did for a while. I don't fault someone initially because it's a novel coronavirus. We don't know. Initially suggesting suggesting that you 
you know, don't don't visit certain places, right? Mm-hmm. Because we don't know. Where we took issue right away is when the government said you had to, and in Minnesota they could throw you in jail for ninety days. Like that's completely wrong. You can't mm-hmm. tell us to do it. Well, and the governor usurps the power of the legislature and does this right. with this edicts. That yeah, was the problem. Right. The but then it I... becomes problematic too after the fifteen days slow to, sp- to slow the spread mm-hmm. to then use that office to say not to go places because it's like. The whole point in 15 days of slow spread is you get the uh, healthcare system ready for what could come up. And in this case, we were a year and a half, and apparently they never got the healthcare system working. <laughs> right. All right. We don't yeah. need to get we've, into this. We've Obviously, got, uh, We've got breaking news. We've got breaking news. We've got breaking news, and I'm pulling it up right now. Oh. Uh, she yeah. finally got the boot. I mean, I can't. we're not surprised. We knew this was coming. I didn't actually because there were actually some Republicans that were claiming that they were going to vote to uh, keep Ilhan Omar on the Foreign Affairs Committee. Uh, so it is interesting that the that the the votes were whipped to uh, cause this. You know, it was looking more likely that the Swalwell and uh, who was the other one, Adam Schiff, Schiff yeah. uh, were going to be removed from their committees. Uh, to me, I, I think Ilhan Omar is sim- sometimes entertaining. She's pretty wild on those committees. It's more entertaining well, than the average Democrat, at least. Look, Democrats started this. They removed Paul Gosar and Marjorie Taylor Greene. Mm-hmm. So they're the ones who set this in motion. Mm-hmm. We should get payback. Well, do you, I mean, do you she, think? she basically committed uh, immigration fraud, too, which is interesting. That's never been investigated by mm-hmm. anyone. But right. it seems pretty obvious she married her damn brother. Right. Oh, she yeah, for sure. Immigration fraud. But, you know, if we're saying that it's wrong for the Democrats to remove people from committees, then it maybe isn't right for Republicans to do the same thing. We can't just have this holier-than-thou attitude about everything and just say, well, they're going to keep doing this, but we're not going to do it because that would be wrong. Democrats are pl- setting the rules for the game now, and if we want to keep playing, we got to play by the rules. Right, but you then know, we the can American start writing the rules. Recognize fairness. You know, they, they say, you know, I've seen it both ways now, and it looks like the Republicans are more fair. You know, but also the, Up the until problem you get is the majority of people don't and they take truly your guns, pay attention, and exactly. they shut down the economy. And they take away your fossil fuels, and they mm. do all this. Isn't stuff. it fair though, like Eric Swalwell being taken off the fine or the Foreign Affairs Committee? I, I do think is, that one has because uh, he had relations sleeping with, with a the foreign spy. agent. It seems yeah. to me that you know mo- it's not lost. I mean, majority a lot of these uh, uh, representatives could never even get a security clearance. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I had a top secret clearance when I was in the army. Like these guys never would have passed those things. Mm-hmm. And I actually did like what Kevin McCarthy had to say. I'm. I'm where he was pointing out, like you're saying about Eric Swalwell, where he was pointing out about Adam Schiff, he's mm-hmm. saying this guy lied about everything. He used the position of the committee and chair of the committee to uh, misinform and misguide the American people. So, uh, and also when we're having security threats, national security threats like Eric Swalwell with this Chinese spy, those are things that we definitely have to take into consideration, and we can't allow uh, confidential information to be spread out and disseminated to our enemies right right mm-hmm. yeah these guys are all bozos to me anyhow so <laughs> mm-hmm. all right i want to make sure you guys are following us on the truth hurts uh and on on uh twitter this is action underscore liberty we are growing so slow according to william who manages this says that we are being um shadow banned on twitter it's unbelievable but we're growing though at least they're not yeah they're not stopping us from saying what we want to say so hopefully we can build that twitter audience also follow us on rumble just hit the subscribe or follow button the follow button i think it is on uh the truth hurts or action for liberties page you'll you'll still get the content it'll be sent right to you 
Rumble has been a good platform for us. They got some hiccups. If you watch some of our uh, videos after they're live, it's not smooth. They'll, they'll have hiccups in them. Mm-hmm. Um, they got to figure out some tech stuff. But um, they're not YouTube. Yep. They've never given us strikes. They never suspend us. We are currently being banned on YouTube again. And I actually haven't been able to find any of those hiccups in the last couple of videos. So it looks like things are starting, starting to uh, be better and better at Rumble. Yeah, good. Anyhow, we appreciate you guys joining us. Go, go to actionforliberty.com. You can learn more about what we were talking about today. And uh, we got the article already on Scott Jensen with uh, hyperlinks on it. And then it looks like uh, we'll be back here on Tuesday. I don't think we're doing a special show. I think we're going to release our first ice fishing interviews tomorrow. I uh, went ice fishing with Walter Hudson. It's a new format that we're doing. Um, Dawson had a lot of fun freezing his nuts off on the ice. It was pretty damn cold, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're going to do the ice fishing interviews. I think that's going to be released tomorrow. And um, 7 o'clock tonight, live, Eric Mortensen's uh, Behind the Smoke Screen. So there you have it. We'll see you next week, next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Thank you very much.